Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everybody. If I haven't met you, my name's John Ireland. And uh, I don't know if I forgot how to speak or not, but we're going to find out this morning. It's been over, what, it's been three months since I've been up here, so, so grateful. Uh, the, the big theme for the next three weeks is Isaiah chapter 9. I want to encourage you to bring a Bible. Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet. We're going to uh, kind of walk through those uh, kind of the first half of Isaiah 9. Uh, today we're just looking at two verses, and maybe I can just start by, because the theme is darkness and light, darkness and light. This was a dark week if you were a USA World Cup fan. Last weekend, we got knocked out. I mean, some of you Brazil fans, this was a dark weekend. Some of you uh, what, Portugal fans, uh, some of you are going, don't ruin it, I got it on tape. Well, if you haven't watched it by now, sorry, you guys lost. So, uh, <laughs> if you're a San Francisco Giants fan, we missed out on Aaron Judge. The Yankees got him. It was, I saw that news and I'm a big fan. I'm like, oh, this is rough. And then, of course, there's kind of an ongoing pain and darkness if you're a Raider fan. I, I was at that game Thursday night cheering. We were dominating, and then, of course, we find a way to lose, and my world just went into deep, deep darkness. And if that's the extent of my darkness, I got it pretty good, don't I? If sports and the outcome of my sports teams is the extent of my darkness, life's pretty good. But I would bet this morning that uh, there's not a person in this room that hasn't experienced real darkness, that right now you're in the darkness. And if you're not in it right now, you just came out of it. And if you haven't just came out of it or in it, it's just around the corner. We are all touched. We are all impacted. We are all influenced. We all experience darkness. The people of God have been experiencing and walking in darkness for thousands of years. Isaiah chapter 9 is where we're landing, but maybe we need to just kind of back up and turn back a page to Isaiah chapter 8. It gives us this uh, description of the people of God. The, there's the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. I'm not going to get into the weeds on that, but there was a darkness for God's people out there for the northern kingdom it was the assyrian army was threatening to invade them to run them over they were in the way now just put yourself in the people of god's shoes you have this big enormous greater army that is going to invade us life can feel really dark really dark if you're about to face war if you're about, if Santa Barbara was about to be invaded and it was real, like really real, we would all be here on our knees probably going, Lord, Lord, we need you more than ever. You would think, 
But it's interesting as you look at the people of God. Yes, they were living in fear of the threat of the Assyrian army, but they were also, in a peculiar way, rebellious towards God on the inside. They were living on, in fear on the outside, and on the inside they were defiant. They were arrogant. They were choosing to kind of follow their own truth instead of God's truth. And it's just interesting, and I wrote this in my notes. There was evil all around them, but on the inside they were confused. They were empty. It says they were hungry, just like we are. Hungry for more, and when you're hungry, it means you're empty on the inside. You're never satisfied. They were willful. They were weary. And Isaiah says these people, the people of God, the people that he had come to share God's word with, that they were walking in a deep kind of darkness. That phrase, deep darkness. I love what Tim Keller says about this passage. He says, the people of God were looking in all the wrong places for light. They were looking in all the wrong places to be rescued. They were looking in all the wrong places. In fact, if you go back and you look and you read, it says that they were searching mediums or astrologers or, or kind of spiritual fortune tellers to rescue them. The people of God, they had lost their way. And so this morning, I want us to kind of sit in the reality of what it's like to be in the dark, to be in deep darkness. Because what happened, that was 730 years before Jesus, right? Um, and what was happening back then, the reality that darkness is real, even for you, even for me, even as I was talking to the children's workers this morning, one of our college students that's in their teaching just said, this has been one of the darkest weeks for me and some of my friends. No one in here is exempt. And so part of my job this morning is to present the problem and then create hope for us. And the problem is we are living in a land, in a country, in a world that is experiencing darkness. And what you're going to do is you're going to experience that darkness as I begin to read. You might go, man, he's really, it's, it's, it feels heavy. That's a good thing. I want you to feel the heaviness of the darkness. You're going to experience the lights dimming as I explain some of the darkness that's happening in you, around you, and me as well. Because none of us is exempt. And we're going to just sit for a few moments and feel it, experience it. And so let's jump into it right now, the darkness that's around us and that's in us. Let's just start with the darkness of social media, right? Comparisons. One of, one of, the, one of the awful things about media is I get on there and I go, wait a minute, my friends are having a party and I wasn't invited. That, and then it takes me to a dark place like I feel unwanted and I feel unloved and that feels kind of dark. Cancel culture, bullying on social media. How about critics? Social media can be a dark place. It can reinforce 
just that you aren't enough, that you aren't loved enough, that you're not pretty enough, that you're not popular enough, that your friends actually aren't really your friends. Let's go to the darkness of career, the darkness of the work world. By now, I thought I'd be making more money. By now, I thought I'd be able to buy a house in this town. I can't believe that she got the promotion. I can't believe that I was overlooked. And now I'm going to gossip about her to other people. And there's a darkness that creeps in around work. My boss, he's a bully. Every day, he's just kind of a jerk. And I got to live with that. And I got to deal with that. And I got to be intimidated by that. And I got to answer to that. And I got to do what she says or what he says. And for some of you, it's I'm in a dead-end career. I'm bored. For others of you, college students, it's like, what kind of career am I going to have? Am I go Is there going to be work for me that's going to be life-giving? How about the darkness of relationships? Actually, even before that, let's go to the darkness of my own sin. The darkness of my own sin, selfish ambition, bitterness, greed, a lack of impulse control or impulsiveness, deceitfulness, lying, envy, Addictions. What's the selfish sinfulness in our own hearts that, that takes us to the dark place, our sexual lives? Just because there's attraction doesn't mean I get a little action on the side. I honor my marriage vows, but when I don't, I go into darkness. There's a way that seems right that leads or ends in destruction and darkness. And that leads to the darkness of relationships, abusiveness, abandonment, estrangement, constant abrasiveness, tension, conflict. Divorced, again, married but lonely. In-laws I can't stand that I got to spend time with this holiday season. And what about kids? Kids with no friends. Kids with special needs, and I feel all alone with that. Kids on sports teams, but who never get to play, who ride the bench. I sat with a dad just a few weeks ago at a football game. His kid never got in. And the darkness of that, the reality of that, just heavy and sad and lonely. And we could go on. The darkness of our prodigal adult children who are no longer walking with God, who want nothing to do with the love of Christ. 
My staff this week reminded me of this next category, the darkness of mental health. It's real. Anxiety, depression, trauma, bipolar, living with someone who has bipolar, suicidal thoughts, And then the darkness of real loss. My own mother emailed me this week and, and reminded me, you know, those of us that are aging, loss is real. She's in a retirement community up in the Bay Area, and she says, my friends are dying. The loss of family and friends through death, through breakups, through broken or strained relationships, the loss of a baby through a miscarriage, the loss of money through a business deal gone south or a key client that walked away, the loss of health, hearing, mobility, constant pain. It's real. How about the darkness just generally in this world today? Violence, politics out there, mass shootings, abuse of power, abortion, January 6th, Black Lives Matter, anti-Semitism, poverty, human trafficking, Road rage, I mean, it just goes on and on. And then maybe one more category for us. And we just sit here and try and find our way out of the dark, through the dark. It's the darkness of the church. Judgy, critical, mean Christians. Ran into a guy at the airport on my sabbatical who actually used to be part of this church several years ago. Doesn't go to church anymore. So what's going on? And he said, you know, I read something that, that, that kind of explained what's in my heart. He goes, you got all these, all these people in the church that are saying, we got to get Christ back in Christmas. He said, how about we get Christ back in Christians? And so the church has become a dark place for many people. And maybe even some of you it feels dark because you feel lonely in the church. You show up, you don't really know anybody. The loneliest walk in church is the walk to your car after church. You keep coming, but nobody sees you, nobody knows you, nobody really cares or loves you, you feel like you're going through some stuff, but nobody is aware of it, that can be a really, really dark place. And so my question is, we sit here in the dark this morning. Can you identify your darkness?
Can you become a person that begins to move out of trying, like the people of Israel, looking to the earth, looking to the world to solve your problems? And begin again for some of you to turn to the one, to the light that leads to life. Jesus Christ is the source of light. Not money. money money's nice, but I know millionaires that are living a very dark life that are estranged from their kids, that are experiencing deep pain in their life. So I want to just say to all of us, I want to remind us, yeah, it would be nice to make more money and have more money, but that is not the solution to the darkness. And let me just say for those of you that are lonely in your marriage, going and having an affair, finding somebody else might be a quick fix. But you talk to people that have made those choices, and it leads to a deeper darkness in life. And you talk to people that are now turning to alcohol. Hey, I love a, I, I love a good bourbon whiskey now and then, but when it becomes an addiction in my life that I can't live without it, that I'm medicating pain, and I'm taking drugs or I'm drinking alcohol to medicate my pain to become my light, that does not end well for anybody or for your friends or your family that are around you. And what about politics? Is that the answer? Well, again, politics can help make our world better, but the law and creating laws was never a long-term answer. The source of light is Jesus, not the law. Just read your Bible. And so where are you turning for hope? For life? For joy? Where are you turning for peace in the midst of the darkness? Where are you turning to have a purpose in your life, to have a greater love in your life, to have closer relationships in your life? The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the source of light and life. And so I want to read for us Isaiah chapter 9. I told you about chapter 8, but you can see on the screen the first word. After painting this picture of darkness, there's a little bit of an unusual word, the first word. It's the word nevertheless. Life's hard. Life's dark. Life's difficult. Relationships are painful. Marriage is great until it's not. Work is great until it's not. Church is great until it's not, right? And the people of God had enemies that were going to invade them. And 
They had turned their backs on God. So you would think that God would come down with judgment, with wrath, with the hammer. That's how some of us perceive God. But even in the Old Testament, there's a word up there. It says, in spite of all that darkness that's out there and self-imposed, you've brought it on yourself through your sinful, selfish choices, the prophet Isaiah says, or God says through the prophet Isaiah, nevertheless. It's become my favorite word in the Bible this week. Nevertheless. Nevertheless is a word of hope. Life feels dark. Nevertheless. Turn to the person next to you and just say, nevertheless. Nevertheless, that's a word I hope. That's a word I want you to go away with today. I want you to go home. I want you to go out to lunch. I want you to talk about nevertheless. Nevertheless what? Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Underline that. Highlight that in your Bible. Now, how's that possible? What's the answer? Why? Why that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever? Isaiah says, well, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. What does that mean? If you had a Bible and we were in the light right now, I would say, turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew points to this scripture, that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of this scripture, of Isaiah 9. In fact, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm just going to go there. Matthew chapter 4, it says this. I need, I need to get some glasses on to read that. That little six font. <laughs> Matthew chapter 4, verse 13. He went, talking about Jesus, he went first to Nazareth and then left there and moved to Capernaum beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. Verse 14, Matthew says, This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. In the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, beside the sea beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, verse 16, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. And from then on, Jesus began to preach, turn from your sin and turn to God. Turn from your darkness and turn to God. Turn to Jesus. He's the light of the world. John chapter 1, if you have a Bible, you can look there, says this, the word in John chapter 1, the word is Jesus. It's all about the word, the word. When I was a new Christian, I remember I read this, I was like, the word, what's the word? The word is Jesus. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life did what? 
It brought light to who? Just, just the religious people, right? Just the good people. Just the people that aren't rebellious. Or, no. It says that the light of Jesus, his life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The one who is the, say it out loud, true light. Some of you are walking to your own truth. The Bible reminds us that Jesus is the true light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to who? Everyone was coming into the world. This is the good news of Christmas. The true light that gives light and life to everyone was coming into the world. Did you miss the lyric in Hark the Herald Angels Sing? Light and life to all he brings. Light and life to all he brings. I think that lyric comes from these scriptures out of the Gospel of John. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more, and this is what he said, I'm the light of the world. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. If you, there's the condition, if you, if you what? Follow me. Underline that. If you follow me, you don't have to stay stuck. Some of you this morning are stuck in a dark place. And Jesus is saying, I am the way out. But you got to follow me. It's not smorgasbord Christianity. Well, I'm just going to follow the verses that I want to. I'm just going to follow Jesus in the ways that are more comfortable and convenient for me. Following Christ means wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly. Wholeheartedly means there's some things in here, in here, in the Bible that I'm like, ugh. Like, deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Deny yourself. We don't live in a world where people want to deny themselves. No, I want to do whatever I want to do. Don't tell me to deny myself. If you're going to follow Christ, if you want to walk out into the light, you want to move out of that place that's deep darkness in your life, you got to follow Jesus. That's what the text says. That's what Jesus himself said. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And not a person in here this morning doesn't want life. I want it. You want it. Jesus is being so bold as to say, then follow me. John chapter 12, just a few chapters later, verse 46, Jesus said this, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world. Why? So that, whenever there's a so that in Scripture, I always like to ask the question, why? So that. So that what? So that all who put their trust in me Again, there's that condition. We have to, tr if we want to come out of the darkness, stuck in the deep darkness, we have to trust Christ. All who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. So the question that I want to ask you is, will you trust Christ today? Will you follow him? He's saying, if you follow me, if you trust me, I will move you out of the darkness and into the light. And then here's the last verse. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul, verse 6, says this, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine. Where? In our hearts. In our hearts. Right now, even as I'm speaking, the light of Jesus is shining in your heart, showing you the way out of the darkness and into the light. It's a word of hope for everybody in this room. His light is shining in our hearts. Why? So we could know the glory or the goodness of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. It's a simple message. It's like Christianity 101 a little bit. Follow me. Trust me, Jesus is saying. And it'll change your life. The way you walked in here this morning, you can walk out of here a different person because there's a light that is shining that leads to life. And that light, his name is Jesus. And so here's what we're going to do this morning. You may have seen that we have some sandboxes up here. This one says joy, this one says peace, and this one says hope. And there are, there are candles in these containers. And this morning, we're going to let you just experience, it's, just, it's like a spiritual marker this Christmas season for you. And you may be in a place where Advent, we wait. And maybe this morning, you're in a place of waiting you're like, my life just feels dark. I'm going through something dark. I'm going through a, a divorce that feels dark. I'm going, or I'm struggling with an addiction that feels dark, and I'm waiting for God to heal me, or I'm waiting for God to set me free, or I'm, I'm, I'm in this season of waiting. I, 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 I want a breakthrough. And today, as an act of faith, as a step of faith, we invite you to come down and grab one of these candles, and as an act of faith, you're going to turn it on, and you're, you're going to plant it. And you're going to whisper a prayer, Jesus, be my light this Christmas. You just whisper that. Just light as a step of faith. And others of you are here and you're saying, man, I, I'm, I'm not religious. I'm not a church person. But listening this morning and singing this morning, it feels like there is a light shining in my heart. And, and I've never followed Jesus. I've never taking that step to say, I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to trust that what we've heard this morning in the scriptures, I'm going to trust that it's true. And you're going to come and you're going to just grab a light and turn it on right here in the front. There it is. And you're going to, as a step of faith, to say, I welcome the light into my life today, this Christmas. And others of you, you're walking with God, but you're struggling with darkness around you. Maybe some of us, it's darkness within us because of some willfulness and rebelliousness, but today you're going, I'm, 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 I'm stepping out of the darkness and into the light. You're going to come and you're going to light a candle. 
And you're going to say, I've lost my joy. I have lost the sparkle in my eye. I got mental health struggles, and I like, I want the sparkle, the twinkle back. I want joy. Just come and say, Jesus, I need you to be my light. And then others of you, let's just, let's just come forward to say, I am praying that God's light would shine in this dark world. And so as you come, that's your prayer. Jesus, this Christmas, I pray that you would be the light of Santa Barbara, of my kids' school, of my neighborhood. And you pray. As an act of faith, you come and you light that. So when you're ready, stand up. We're going to sing. If you feel led to do it as an act of faith, it's a commitment. I just know in my life that when I make commitments, it just it solidifies my faith. It's a way to say, Jesus, I'm not here just to go through the motions. This isn't just kind of religious gymnastics we're doing this morning, but I actually, there's a genuineness in my heart. I want to follow you. I want to trust you. I want to become a different person than when I walked in this morning. And so if you feel so led as we sing together, just come and grab a, a light. They're battery operated. And you just turn it, place it, and then just whisper that prayer. Make it your prayer this Christmas of faith. Jesus, would you be my light? Would you light up my world that feels so dark right now? Father, in every heart, I pray that you would shine brightly, that you'd fill us with hope and peace and joy, and most of all, love. Father, I pray that you would fill us with the spirit of Jesus this Christmas, that as we turn to you, the light of the world, that we would receive that calling that you turned it around and said, and you are the light of the world. And so we come in this moment and we pray that you'd shine in us and shine through us and put Christ back in Christians. In Jesus' name, amen.